Welcome back, folks, to Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a man who looks great in a glittery beard, and a man who climbs trees really well, Dan Masters. With my good friend, a man who is jealous of his sleepy girl, the chairman of the off-wing ombudsman, and a man who won't be suing a grunge band for indecent child images. Well, every human, Will, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing very well. My, my brain is going a mile a minute to, to unravel your, your, uh, your mysterious references there. Do you know what? For once, should we quickly break them down for people? Because I... oh, let's let's have it. Let's have it. Normally, what I like. Normally, what I'll do is my. It's always Mister Intangibles because that's just something I've now kind of adopted. And then I'll throw in one or two things of mine that I've done during that week. And then the same for you. If we've had a chat about something on WhatsApp or text or whatever, I'll throw those in as well. So, my glittery beard was. I went to um, my sister-in-law's wedding, so she got married to her wife, so same-sex wedding. They wanted to have a glitter bar so people could sort of, you know, have fun and joy at a wedding, which is, you know, something that people sometimes don't do for some reason. And people kept saying to me, are you going to glitter your beard? Thinking for some reason I wouldn't do it. When I have this weird kind of, I like to be the center of attention sometimes, like when I like when I decide, sometimes I want yeah I want to be this all right. More often than not, I'll say things to make myself the center of attention. So I got my entire beard glittered in a rainbow pattern, whereas everyone else was just having like a little bit of around the eye or sort of on their cheek or like my daughter had it around the side of her head and kind of into her hair. But no, I just went I went full glitter beard, and also because my wife hates it, and it just made me chuckle that she was so annoyed with me. But that's so that's that's the glittery beard thing anyway. Um, uh, climbing trees, we went to a place called Go Ape, which is near where uh, a place near where we live. And the idea is you get scrapped into a harness, and then it's the you know like you kind of have to do obstacles through the trees and climb across rope bridges and all that kind of thing. So so, so you're not actually. A tree climber, then Dan, you you went to go ape because I I've been to go ape. Go ape's fantastic, you know, great great day out for, for people of all ages. What it, is. it isn't is climbing a tree because I can't climb a fucking tree, but I can absolutely but do go are, ape. You are climbing, I guess. But you're I you're, think... cli- you're climbing in the trees. True, but but then I also I I can also climb trees. As a misspent youth, I was I was one of those lads who would tree climb quite a lot, so I can do it. You just you just bowling about with your mates, and then suddenly, oh, he's up a fucking tree again, isn't he? It was kind of that, yeah. Especially when we were sort of, again, Will, you're not of that age where you had to fucking entertain yourself for four hours every day. You could just go and sit in front of the internet. I didn't have that when I was a kid. I had to find things to do. One of those things was climbing trees or playing on building sites. So. <laughs> surely, surely you could have, um, yeah, you could have played your fucking your Ataris, your Coleco Visions, your fucking. Again, no, it wasn't like I had fifty-seven games to choose from. I didn't have like a huge back catalogue of games. I, it was you kind of got a game once a month if you were lucky, or you would rent a game out from the local video store to play on. And once you'd played it and completed it, well, that was it. There was no, you know, there was no going back. There's no PlayStation Now or Xbox I mean, that, Game no... Pass or anything like that. No new maps on DLC for Pac-Man. Terrible, mate. Absolutely terrible. Fucking Shocking. diabolical. The makers of Pac-Man really missed out there. So, uh, yeah, uh, you were jealous of your sleepy girl because you sent me a picture of you travelling somewhere with your daughter asleep in the back seat, and we were both jealous of that because... Who, who, wouldn't, obviously, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? Just a nice little a nice little day nap there. Fantastic. You are the chairman of the off-wing ombudsman, obviously, Naturally. because you are an, uh, an off-winger. <laughs> So, 
I've now bestowed that title <laughs> so, upon you. So, sounds like such a slur when you put it that way. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Like I said, I've never liked oh, well. players who play on the off on their offhand. I just don't like it. <laughs> it freaks me out. <laughs> I can't be doing with it. And then, of course, a quick little silly topic to lead into is the uh, you won't be suing a grunge band for indecent child images. As the kid who was on the front of the Nevermind album from famed grunge band Nirvana, you may have heard of them, is deciding to sue 12 people involved with that album for, I guess, like indecent images. And he's saying it's affected his career and all this kind of thing. And I understand this is kind of the American way. You know, you'll throw a cheeky lawsuit in there, set a lot of court, make a bit of cash. Well done you. But this one just bugged me in so many ways, considering the fact that this lad has posed for numerous pictures as the Nirvana kid later on in his years. I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, even this one's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, you know, in this sordid capitalist society. Get your money however you can. Sue whoever has the rights to never mind Warner Bros, Universal, whoever it might be. Sue them out of the arse, get the fucking money. But how, how has that picture negatively impacted his employment in later life? Like, I have no idea. Who's, and who is like he's he's bowling into a into an interview, yeah, bowling into a little job interview. He wants to do a bit of admin for for Parker Steel. Um, and then I, I, I recognise you from somewhere, Bradley Jones. I recognise you from somewhere. Uh, you look like the fucking baby off the Nirvana album, don't you? So, like, unless he's unless he's fucking going in, shaking hands with every person he meets. Oh, by the way, I was the baby on. I was the na- that naked baby on uh, the cover of Nevermind. So how is that information following him everywhere? I don't know who that fucking baby is. I don't know what this geezer's name is. He's, oh, mate, yeah, fair play to him, but don't, don't spout a bunch of fucking nonsense with it. I don't understand how he thinks he's going to win as well. I wouldn't mind if he'd had to live in the shadows for the rest of his 30 years on this earth because people would always heckle him in the street. <laughs> oh, I've seen your dick. And he's like, oh, my God, I've got to run away and hide. And he's living, he's you know. with tomatoes just for yeah. having oh, oh, baby pervert. penis. It's baby the baby penis. Yeah. Oh, look at you. I've seen your dick. Like, how? How has it negatively impacted his life? And especially because he's tried to make money off it before by posing for pictures as the Nirvana baby. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how he thinks he's got a chance. If he, Yeah, like I said, if he'd had to hide in the shadows for his 30 years, I could understand it because people are horrible to him about it for some reason or something. But I don't, I don't get... And he's and he's suing Courtney Love and Dave Grohl. Like they've got anything oh. to do with it. Like Dave Grohl's like, dude, I'm just a drummer. I, I was just a drummer. I didn't really have anything to do with anything. I just turned up and they said, play this song, and I went, okay then. Oh, have you, you, have you not it? seen the um the making of? Never mind then. I have, but not for ages and ages and ages. Do you not do you not remember the extended like 17 minute segment where Dave Grohl's going on a massive tirade saying no. The album heart has to have a baby penis. I don't care what you get this baby penis. I require it. It is my art. God damn it. That's what ultimately led to the breakup of Nirvana. I thought everybody knew this. Oh, no. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess, Well, I guess people don't. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. No, my, my pleasure. I, I think I think he does have a chance. I think he absolutely has a chance not to win, but, but like you said, in the sense of like, if, if he somehow gets it to court, 
Or the fact that we're talking about it now, it's gone far enough. He will get some sort of money just to fuck off. Yeah, and he's not asking for like 150. He's asking combined for something like 1.7 million or something. So from everybody, he, he's suing 12 people for something like 175 grand. or It's something like that. It's not a, an obscene amount of money. But yeah, if it gets to that point, they'll just give him a million quid just to go away. They've got the money. Like the, uh, the Nirvana estate is obviously worth hundreds of millions. So yeah, and there's, there's money there, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think to an extent, then if it's that minimal amount of money that he's looking, minimal amount. Yeah, I've got, I've got one, one point seven mil floating around. I don't give a fuck. Um, that small, relatively small amount of money in, in in a lawsuit. I suppose you can make the argument that that's like earnings he in some way is entitled to. Do you know what I mean? Because because that picture of never of the Nevermind artwork is world famous. It's synonymous with Nirvana. Yeah, not to absolutely. Say- not to say that that baby penis has generated revenue for Nirvana, but ultimately they are, they have used this image. And I, I don't know if he got paid in the first place, but he probably hasn't gotten... Yeah, I, I don't know, whatever. Like, it's, it's the, very dumb, well, no. but this isn't the dumbest lawsuit that's ever happened, is it? Oh, God, no. The His dad said that the two things were that Again, it's it was thirty years ago. Why is it coming out now? There's clearly some ulterior motive behind why they're doing this now. Maybe the family's run out of money or something. I don't know, but it's been out there for thirty years. That lad has not just suddenly realised. Hang on a minute, that's my dick. I never knew this picture was out there. What the fuck? Hang on a no, second. It's, it's been out there forever and ever for thirty years. And the dad said that they got paid four hundred dollars and were told we're going to put a sticker. There'll be like a sticker or something on the album cover that says something, I don't know, like I guess edgy at the time or relevant at the time or something over the image of the baby's penis. And it never happened. Okay, but that's, again, that's fine. But the day after Nevermind comes out, you then go to court and say, hang on a minute, you told me this, not 30 years later. So clearly there's something on the back burner or something that this family is trying to avoid. But dude, it's America. You can some a woman won a lawsuit against McDonald's because she put coffee in her pants to hold it. The coffee dropped on her and it burned her. She won that lawsuit, so he might have a chance. Who knows? And the, the, this is it. I, I I absolutely love these headlines. So like, why the baby on the final Nevermind album is suing now? Like he's still a fucking baby. Just a giant. He's like George Dawes, just a giant baby running around. <laughs> I, I I wondered if it was like going to be a kind of like the Britney Spears thing, and like uh, you know whatever the record label has like a cons- conservatorship o- over the baby's penis, like they own the rights to the penis. <laughs> so now that he's you know a, a, a fully grown, assuming you know assumed sexually active young man. He's not allowed to use that penis because it is owned by the Nirvana estate. So maybe that's it's not coming out because that's quite you know quite embarrassing, wouldn't it be? Like yeah, I'm I'm a virgin because Kurt Cobain's ghost won't let me use my penis. But maybe that's part of it. <laughs> just the ghost of Kurt Cobain. Every time that lad's about to get down and dirty, you can just hear this kind of "Don't do it." Oh, oh it's Kurt again. Jesus, leave me alone, Kurt, please. <laughs> That's why. That's why Kurt had to um, had to 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 end it all in order to assume the role of 
penis guardian. That is, oh yeah, that's again little known fact, but that is the truth. And I think, I, like as you kind of mentioned before, if if the family came back and said, and this is why I think that actually I actually think they can't do this because I'm assuming there's like a statute of limitations or something that they say we believe we're owed royalties based off this image. I could understand mm. that because, like you say, you see that picture and you see that baby, and you're like, yeah, that's never mind. That's that album, and it's one of the most famous albums ever. It's like that that album cover is synonymous with Nirvana. I don't think there's that many people who know the album cover for In Utero or for Incesticide or whatever. Just, there isn't. I do because I'm a huge fan. But even people who don't like Nirvana that much know that image and know that that's Nirvana. And if they'd said royalties, again, I could understand it. But I, I'm guessing there's a statute of limitations. But I, I'd imagine where they got paid that initial 400 quid, that's got to be... But you've had your payment. That wasn't the contract signed up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fair play as well, because this lad's going after Courtney Love and she had Kurt Cobain killed. So, I mean, the lad's got some stones on him. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got to be in dire straits because he's, he's risking it all ultimately, isn't he? He's risking it all, yeah. He's risking it all. If this lad suddenly turns up above a garage with, like, a hole in his head, we'll know what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was an exact... Yeah, it's like <laughs> free creation of the. She's like, ah, oh, I haven't, I haven't done this in ages. Uh, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it the way I know. <laughs> it worked last time. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, nobody suspected me yet, and it's been like twenty-five years. <laughs> yeah, I've got away with it for twenty-five years. It's easy. Oh God, but yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate the pettiness. Speaking of pettiness, will. Oh. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Uh, Zaparise has been spotted wearing New York Islanders gear. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this beautiful offer sheet, which has just set the hockey world ablaze as it wanted to do for about 24 hours on Twitter. <sighs> I, we're not going to try and unpack every single thing. There's no point. You know about like the $20 signing bonus and all that kind of thing. It was just hilarious. My original take was, I can't believe they're offering this guy $6.1 million. And I, and I don't know if I asked the question on Twitter properly or not. And I asked the question, why did they offer that amount of money? And I just kept getting back because they wanted him. I was like, no, I get that. But why didn't they offer four or four and a half? Was there something I was missing out where 6.1 was the limit where Montreal just could not match? Did they look at it and go, well, if we offer 5.5, they've got this guy on LTIR, maybe they'll work it out this way. And I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. But Cockiniemi, six point one million dollars? Question mark. I'm trying to find where's the where's the. I think the the idea of the six point one is yeah, it's just inflating it so much that it would be ridiculous for them to to um to match really whether whether or not they could sign it. I think it's right at the top end of the um. Bracket for so if, they, if they'd done six point two, it would have been a first, a second, and a third, rather than a first and a third as a compensation. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I can see why they did it, and and that's the part of the offshoot that I do actually really like because the idea is you know that he's not they're going to extend him for less you know when they can after January first, so they'll just have to pay him six point one for one year to get him out, and then once they've got him. Yeah, the qualifying offer is going to be high, but in theory, they'll get him extended before then. So I, I do really like that as sort of an evolution of the tactics of offer sheets because it has traditionally been a, 
okay, well, we'll sign this guy long term for whatever we can get. And you can see throughout the ages that backfires on, you know, because if you're signing someone long term, you don't want to overpay them because you're going to scupper yourself. And that in turn just leads to most teams matching. You know, take Shea Weber, take Sebastian Ajo, for example. That's why they've done it. So, like, I do, I do get that. Um, the, 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 I think that's one of the few things I like about this offer sheet, if I can be honest. Here we go. Come on, find me with some hot takes. Well, they've they fucked it, haven't they? They fucked it. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't get offer sheets as it was. Yeah, like offer sheets. Ooh, ooh offer sheets. Too scary. Too scary for me. NHL GM professional in the double artist sport imaginable. So for, for Don Waddell and definitely Tom Dundon and yeah, probably Eric Toski as well involved, like for them to come back with a revenge offer sheet in such a such a well constructed the, the offer sheet itself was well constructed in that it was successful. Excellent. And they were so unabashed with their revenge with the revenge aspect of it like they're fucking promoting it changing their twitter account to french the whole 15 and 20 on the signing bonuses or whatever it however it works out like yeah okay it's really it's really funny and yeah of course i enjoyed that it's, it's lovely to see that sort of drama but it still leads me to think that like not only did it fulfill every gm's fear of oh if i offer sheet anyone they're just going to come back and offer sheet my player not only was it that they made a fucking circus out of it over over a player that yeah okay he's got the potential but like fucking hell this ain't this ain't Austin Matthews this ain't this is, yes very Kokaniemi could still turn into a good top six player hell he might even turn into a good first liner but he's not like uh, fucking hell we've got to get this geezer right now he's the missing piece in our in our team so I th- I think. As enjoyable as this little charade has been with the Cockney off sheet, I would be fucking flabbergasted if we see another one within the next five, ten years, even because 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 it's made it's it's fulfilled every other GM's worst fears surrounding ever offer sheeting anyone. Yeah, you, you're right. I mean, it, you would think that after this after this happens now that this would. In theory, and I agree, I agree completely with your point. That now GMs are going to go. Actually, yeah, who gives a shit? Let's just fucking offer sheet this guy, this guy, this guy. But you are right; they're just not going to. And it's going to take somebody like a Tom Dundon, who just doesn't care about the old boys' club, to do it. Um, do you think? Do you think that? Do you think the Habs have any blame to play in Kotkaniemi's supposed undevelopment that he's not? Because what did he go third overall? Didn't he? They reached and took him at third because mm. they were drafting gone. They were drafting for position basically, rather than best player available. Yeah. And do you think there is something there that okay, now he's out of Montreal, it won't be as hard on him. He can kind of take his time a bit more in Carolina. He doesn't have to be the guy. I mean, it's going to follow him at least because of this. What's happened with this? And he's going to be tied to the Habs, and if he performs and they struggle, then it's all going to come back to that. I absolutely think the, the Habs take responsibility for Kokanibi's lack of development. As as every team who drafts a player who doesn't live up to their potential does, you know, to certain degrees. You know, obviously players can bust just because they're not as good as 
scouts thought they were or you know off ice stuff whatever it might be but there is always a factor of the the parent club could have always done something different with a player who busts for for want of a better term which which is why just change it slightly which is why Tampa Bay have been so successful because they are fucking good at developing their players it's not just that they draft really good players and you know have a good uh, eye for talent they manage them really well as well once they're within the organisation and yeah I think when you look at it's it's a hard one because you can you can point to him coming into the NHL at 18 being brand new to a country having never played North American hockey let alone lived in North America before being an issue you can look at him being sent down to the AHL after that being an issue you can look to him being scratched multiple times in the fucking playoffs as an issue but uh, Without being at every practice, without seeing him on the, you know, in the fucking skills testing or whatever it might be behind the scenes, you can't accurately say whether those were right or wrong decisions. But you can, I think, you can look at Kokniemi's tenure as a Montreal Canadian and the way he's performed, and absolutely ask the question: Have the Habs failed him as an organization? The problem now is. As much as you can say, okay, he's out of that organisation, the organisation that drafted him, there's going to be potentially less of a of expectation on his shoulders. He, he's going to go to a, an organisation that has developed young players quite well. It should be better. My my worry is that with this uh, with this offer sheet, the expectation isn't getting reduced at all. To an extent, it kind of increases it more than it had been. In, in a way, by the Habs scratching him and kind of telegraphing their um, opinions of him as a player. You know, if you're scratching a player in a Stanley Cup final, you can't fucking rate him that much. Or <laughs> let's not expunge the other questions about coaching and management at Montreal that that raises. To then come in on, on a highly uh, publicised offer sheet yeah, the fucking biggest thing that's happened in the NHL this calendar year, arguably. Um, the 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 weight of his contract and stuff like that. There's got to be some expectation for him to perform to at least some sort of a level that is above what they were doing. He was doing at Montreal, because otherwise, why are you bringing him in? You're not bringing him in for doing what he was doing at Montreal because you're just bringing a different player for 900k. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and this is something I think is lost in it a little bit. I do think they like the player mm. because you wouldn't. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, and it's it is funny that they're kind of Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, sorry, Dougie, we can't really give you that much money. And then the go- uh, fucking um, oh shit, who was the goalie? Nedeljkovic. Mm. Sorry, dude, we just can't really. Yeah, sorry, we can't. And then <laughs> then Kotkaniemi, who's really not done much yet, gets six million quid. So it is a bit odd, and so they clearly do like him. And I don't hate the idea that they because he's going to play he's going to play left wing as well, which again I don't hate the idea because it is a known thing. Okay, you get a center, he's a young guy, get him on the wings first, get him used to playing in the league and all that kind of thing, and sort of used to his team and what his teammates are going to do. If you're going to put him on a line, say with Aho and Taravainen, I think that's a really good idea. I love that idea. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's going to be interesting to see how he does this year. It's, I think it's very. I don't know. They're just they're just banking so much on future su- future success, and I'm not sh- I've not really seen anything. And the, like, and the dude's not short of confidence either. He has got that classic Finnish kind of, 
like Finnish players really, really believe in themselves. Really believe in themselves. I mean, it's taken basically, it's taken Patrick Laine basically 18 months of being kicked in the dirt, told you're not wanted, then traded to a... And then your your teammates basically telling you that you're no good and they hate you and you don't train enough or hard enough, being bullied by a team, then traded to another team who plays a completely different style, not conducive to you. You're harounded there. You're harassed there. You're told you're no good there. You're benched there. It's taken all of that for him to go, I'm just not having a good time at the moment. <laughs> it took all of that <laughs> for him to start to doubt himself and be like, yeah, I don't really, I'm really not enjoying hockey right now. So the guy's not going to be short of confidence. Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll do better at Carolina this year? Yes. I've got this horrible, I've got, yeah, I, I really think he will. I really think he will. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think he. I think he must do because he's sorry to cut you off, but I think he's going to no, undoubtedly be in a better position, line mates wise, system wise, however you want to look at it. Like I don't think when you look at the personnel that Montreal have recruited in the last few years, they are trying to play that big body style hockey. Yeah, and you look at the kind of players that have failed is probably too strong a word, but not not um, what's not flourished in that system. Yeah, your Max Domi's, your Jonathan Duran's, your yes, very Kokaniemi's. Like it's it's not surprising to to see that, and I don't think it would be a stretch to say he should be better in Carolina. Yeah, and I, th- I think if he wants to get more. You know, if he wants to sort of get stronger, bulk up a little bit, just go to see the head coach. You don't even need a strength and fitness coach because yeah. your, your head coach is still absolutely fucking shredded, fifty years old or whatever he is. Yeah, he's, he's gonna he's gonna set you um he's gonna set you straight, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Coming off the back of that, we'll quickly touch on this, but there are still some RFAs unsigned who would be absolute fucking prime offer sheet candidates. Prime offer sheet candidates. There's two I'm thinking of mainly. I'm thinking mainly of Brady Kachuk. Just going with a nice big offer sheet because it's he plays in Ottawa. And they will sign players, but like the kind of the, the the kind of pettiness of Eugene in that would he then sign a player if you offer sheeted him? Hang on, what's the uh, what's the other end of the compensation? Okay, so like eight point two. You know, if you were to offer a would you offer a first, second and a third? For Brady Kachuk, if you could get him on an offer sheet for sort of five or six years, yeah, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, and hell, even eight in the eight to ten range, if you, yeah, if you do eight point two and you stack it with um, signing bonuses and have very little salary in there, yeah, yeah, you, I reckon that's the way you get him out because they're infamous for not wanting to hand out bonuses. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I just thought. I just think Ottawa, that's just a prime, I don't know, a prime target. And the funny thing is as well is that why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you offer sheet an Ottawa player? It's not as though they're in the kind of boys club. I know there is a boys club, but I just think Ottawa's not in that club because I just can't imagine that many people like Eugene that much at all. No, absolutely So not. why not do it? And then obviously the other two is uh, what we're talking about down in Vancouver in Patterson and Hughes. Because we keep saying, and thank you again to the beautiful people of Vancouver for correcting me, but they have about 14 million in cap space, which rounds about about seven million each. You would, I, you would just, I would just offer Quinn Hughes 8.1, because then if they match it, well then fine. The week after, you just go back and offer Sheet Patterson at six. 
Exactly. Or, so whatever it be, like 6.5 or whatever it be, because they then couldn't afford it. Or, or they'd or have to even do a trade or work something out. Get your collusion hat on, and if you only want one of them, find somebody who wants the other one, and both offer sheet them. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. Cash in, I'm cash in be, your fucking uh... future considerations there. Because if, you know, if you don't, if you're the one who doesn't get the player you want, okay, nothing nothing lost necessarily. And, yeah, providing <laughs> providing it's someone in a separate conference that you've been able to get Pettison or Hughes, then, then you're laughing, aren't you? Oh, my God. I shall be setting up a summoning circle tonight and performing a ritual so that two GMs collude together and go in for both of them at, like, 8 million each. <laughs> oh, what God. you do, what you do is you are a team in the Pacific Division and you recruit yes. a team from the East to get the other one. Because then not only if you're, unsuc- if you're successful, great, you've got a good player. But if you're unsuccessful, whatever, if the other team is successful, whether you're successful or not, that is weakening an opponent in your division. So what, what more could you ask for? That... That, my friends, is beautiful shithousery, and I'm here for it Thank all you very day. Much. Thank you very much. Get oh. get um get Mr. Bergevin to if you want Hughes, go and uh, yeah get Mr. Bergevin to go and go and get Pettersson. He likes an off sheet about well probably not anymore, but fucking get him involved. I'm looking at looking at teams. You've got plenty of cap space, or around about just enough. Dude, the Rangers still have still the Rangers are just are just shy of eight million. They're right there. Right. Then you got Columbus, Nashville, Arizona, New Jersey, Minnesota, Anaheim, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. Mind you, Minnesota's going to be losing loads with the uh, Kaprizov, but New Jersey. Well, I, I was. I'm surprised Arizona. you haven't mentioned Kaprizov as a as an off sheet candidate. I, I feel in in the back of my head. Yeah, but there's I, a... yeah, the report is is that they're super close on like I think it's like five by nine or something like that. So that's oh, kind of why I took him that's out. That's changed now, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're apparently now super close to getting it done. And doing the thing that everyone said they should do, just just fucking pay him. If it's five years, who cares? Just pay the man. Doesn't fucking matter. Just get him back. So, yeah. But, uh, dude, I love that. I love that. A little cheeky collusion. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. On the back of that, should we, uh, should we start the show? Oh, I suppose we should. As always, this show is brought to you by Wave Intel. Is the Kotkaniemi offer sheet good value compared to other players of his age? Compare this contract using Wave Intel's patented comparison charts to see for yourself. Wave Intel online and on Twitter being smart so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, we are on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review. It helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show because, uh, because, 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 because. Some really sad news. I'm not really sure even how to get into it or anything. And we're not going to go too far into this, but fucking shocking about Jimmy Hayes passing away at 31. Christ a ridiculously young age for um, for anybody to pass away. 
just horrible, horrible stuff. Uh, there are some fantastic uh, podcasts out there that have got really, really nice and beautiful tributes on there. Um, like I said, I'm not going to go too much into it, but yeah, R.I.P. Jimmy Hayes. Uh, terrible stuff. Okay, what should we go with? Okay, let's go with this. The uh, the Arizona Coyotes are look- <laughs> looking for a new house. <laughs> Excellent. God almighty. I've heard I've heard the rates in I've heard the rates in Houston are lovely and uh, very manageable, or Quebec City, or just fucking anywhere else. I like at some point at some point you just gotta say times time we had, we give it our fucking best shot, but that that whole team the whole thing with the fucking losing the draft picks and I mean they are in they are in the burn it down modes of all burn it down modes I think I might have ever seen. It's uh, it's unparalleled, basically. Um, th- the rumors are that Jacob Chikrin's now available as well. I mean, they are going full, like full scorched. Yeah, they, it's they're going full scorched earth. Um, yeah, are, are they going to get a new house? I mean, I I think they will. I I can't if the, if the fucking Batman's in too deep with this franchise. Do you know what I mean? It's if he wasn't going to move them by now, he's gonna. They're, they're going to be sharing a fucking rink with the Tucson Roadrunners at this stage. Like, <laughs> fucking, uh, sorry, sorry, Coyotes, you got to clear out because the AHL team have a, have a fucking game at half seven. Playing all, all matinee games just so they can fucking get their 82 in. It's, but like when, when, when the city itself, when the counts, when the Glendale City Council is like, now we don't want you anymore and you're a professional fucking sports team. Mate, it's it's over. It is over. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. At, that's, at the, some... that's what it is for me. Just people it's if you can hear my voice. Yeah, just think, just think the fucking hoops that are jumped through to get a professional sports team to come to your city. The money that's thrown at it to get it up and running. And Glendale's just gone. Oh fuck this! This is like so much of a headache. It's not even worth it anymore. That is so so telling it's so telling and i agree with what you say that batman's kind of gone too far on it but like <laughs> he's not a stupid man he is not a stupid man he has to realize okay we just got to cash out here we'll, we'll just go and <laughs> we'll just go and raid someone else for another 500 million quid and just get another team in what well, you know like say houston quebec city fucking whatever when God. when the fun stops stop guys that's all i've got to say for you <laughs> <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. Oh, God almighty. Yeah, Jack and gonna... available as well. Amazing. Oh, mate, it's... And, and all you've got to do, like, it's, it's a hard one for, for Arizona because I, I don't know what the... What's the deci- whose decision is it that a team relocates? Like, how much is on the league and how much is on the ownership? Because if the ownership have the sway on it, they ain't fucking moving, are they? I wouldn't have thought because they've only just got there. And if they're the ones who end up moving the Coyotes, that's going to be as much of a black mark as you want as, a, as an NHL owner, isn't it? But I'd have thought at some point the the NHL have got to just say, look, this is, this is ridiculous. Because you can just look around the league at other fucking failures, you know, failed franchises, specifically or in Buffalo. Like, I'm, I'm not even fucking apologising anymore. It's, they're a fucking joke. For, but at least... Ottawa and Buffalo haven't been kicked out of their own fucking rink. 
And like the Coyotes have arguably been more successful than they have been in the last 20 years. They went to a fucking conference final in 2012, which, yeah, all right, so did Ottawa in 2016 or whatever, but generally they've finished better in the standings than Ottawa or Buffalo have. Like, arguably they've had more success, but, mate, it's... That, this would be their third... As my my understanding, their third like city move within the city since uh, the inception of the club twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, whatever it might have been. That's like I think that's that's too much. I think the other way though with the owners, I think with new owners, you can just come in fresh and say, "Okay, this isn't working, people. We're sorry, but we as a new ownership group, we can now look at this situation and say it is failing and it has failed massively." There is, there is no benefit. As we said, they cannot be generating any revenue for the area because if the local council says, get to fuck, then what's keeping you in that city at all? Because in two years, three years, you can, the same thing's going to happen again. I don't... If, if it's me, I'm, as, I'm, as, an, as a new ownership group, I am looking at it and saying, yeah, we've, we've crunched all the numbers, we've, done, we've looked at everything we can do and it's just not worth it anymore. There's, you know, we're making a clean break of it. And maybe the fans are going to hate you for it, but fucking so what? I, I I own this team to be successful and to make money. And even when this team is slightly successful, they don't, I guess they don't really make much money. So why not go somewhere where you can at least have, if you go to Houston, okay, you've now got the excitement of a new team in a new area and you've already now got a little rivalry straight away with the Dallas Stars. Yeah, you just call you know the fucking the Battle of Texas or whatever you want to call it. Mm. At least it's something to at least get people invested in the team and maybe like you know come and watch a few games now and again because they're going and full scorched earth with the with the playing team anyway with the team on the ice. So well, fucking why, why not? not just go scorched earth on the whole thing? You got you got to ask for a better uh, a better fresh start, can you? Yeah, exactly, mate. After trading Christian Dvorak, they've got six players signed for next season. Six. Three forwards, three defensemen. That's it. Which is beautiful to me. That's fantastic. So why not? It'd be like it'd be like having a, it would be the same as having an expansion team because you can have essentially a, a whole new team on the ice as well as off it because you've only got six players there anyway. It's, especially if you've been off if you've been off Jacob Chikrin and um, fucking Clayton Keller as well or Nick Schmoltz. You're you're laughing, aren't you? Exactly. You you are starting from scratch. Now, I know there's, I, obviously there's logistics involved and all that kind of thing, but I'd be looking to move them as soon as fucking possible at this point. The the owners aren't even local or anything. They've got no tie to Arizona, yeah, exactly. I don't think. I think they might, the owner might, Morello might own one of the casinos or something, potentially. Wow. Who cares? But, Take that yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. He's, he's a fucking, he's a New York guy. He, he doesn't give a shit. He does not. No, no, he does not. He doesn't. I don't think he owns anything else in Arizona apart from the Coyotes. So soon to be nothing in Arizona, or at least it should be. If he's got any fucking any sense at all, yeah, he'll move that to, to Houston. Houston's got to be the place. Did you say he's a, he's a New York guy? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome the Brooklyn Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine okay. that's what we need. Imagine. Another team in, around New York. The the Islanders move out of um of the Barclays Centre into fucking what the Belmont Belmont Arena or whatever it's called, Belmont Parks. 
And yeah, the coyote's straight in with that. Oh, uh, what are you what are you doing with that uh, white SUV there, son? You put that back. That ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Drive that thing back in there, please. That's ours now. We own it. Come on, paint it. What's the um? Oh no, it is the devil, isn't it? I was going to say, what's the uh, what's the mythical creature around New Jersey? But it is the New Jersey devil. Damn, that could be the Brooklyn Shit. Devils. Why not? Fuck it. Who cares? Brooklyn Devils. <laughs> That's how you really. That's how you really get a rivalry, isn't it? It's the same as in England, isn't it? There's loads of Uniteds and loads of cities. Fuck it, why not? We're the Brooklyn Devils. Tough, eat it. <laughs> Let's yeah. find out who's the best. It's like, like if you, I feel like United and City and Town are relatively like they're like freehold. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 public. Yeah, ownership. true. It's like if you came in and you were, uh, I don't know, Manchester, Chelsea, or like. I don't know, fucking Birmingham <laughs> Arsenal, or yeah, something, something more like that. Yeah, Dundee Hotspurs. <laughs> Dundee Hotspurs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The fucking there you um, go. Yeah, we could we could go on for we could go on for years, but yeah, fuck the fuck the coyotes. Get them out of here. I've had enough of it. For it, but but equally, yeah, keep them. Keep. I only want them to stick around if it gets more and more embarrassing where they're playing. Well, we always make the joke, don't we, that teams in Canada, if they haven't got a home, they can also go play in a local pond because they'll be frozen over. The fucking coyotes will have nowhere. To, they'll, have to, they'll have to play water hockey or something. There's no way. There's no local <laughs> ponds around there. They'll be frozen. They're fucked. It's too warm. What are you going to do? Well, like during, yeah. during the bubble when, um, well, semi bubble when the the sharks were playing in in Phoenix, weren't they? Oh yeah. They will have to fuck off to San Jose, weren't they? Like here we are. We're cashing in the favour. We're, we're crashing the uh, SAP center. <laughs> yeah, I want. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want an expansion team. I want the coaties to move because I have to see how this absolute burn this team down to the ground process plays out. Because they've got eight picks in the first two rounds of next year's draft. Pro- maybe depending on what happens with Montreal's or Carolina's pick, but. Yeah, I I have to see how this team will spend eight first round picks or eight sorry first second round picks <laughs> and maybe a few more if they do get rid of Chickering or Clayton Keller or Nick Schmaltz. Oh my god! Imagine it'd be it'd be a thing of beauty. Oh, it'd be amazing. Okay, we did mention the uh, the Buffalo Sabers before. Owen Power has made a great decision, in my opinion, and decided to go back to college this year because why the fuck would you not? Um, hey, Owen. You can either go and play for one of the most dog shit franchises in professional sport, or you can go to college, be a legend, get drunk on the weekends, party all the time, and have loads of girls who fancy you. What would you want to do? Gee, let me th- let me think. Um, <laughs> I think I'll go back to college. Now, you know what I'm going to say about this, don't you? I'm hoping he never leaves college. I'm hoping he just rides out his... Oh. Is it three or four years? Is it three or four it, years, I think? Four, it's four after four, being yeah. drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping he just rides it out. I'm hoping he just <laughs> rides it out and then goes, yeah, I don't think I want to go there. I don't think, yeah. I'd rather just not, I'd rather not get paid lots of money for the time being. I'll just live at college. Hang on. Is it four after being drafted or is it four in total? That's the question. Sorry, let me have a... That's what, um, oh, who was it who did it? Was it Adam Fox? No, Adam Fox that. was gonna do it, but he just tell her and said, "Look, I'm oh, gonna do yes, that." Yes, that was it. He, it's yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Vesey. Jimmy Vesey. That was a few, it. A few that other players it. have done it as well. Uh, Kevin Kevin Hayes did it, which not a lot of people seem to remember. Did he really? I it's, it's yeah, I didn't. I yeah. didn't realize. No way. 
Okay, all right. Jimmy Vesey doesn't answer the question. So he was drafted in 2012 before he joined college. So he did do his full four years after uh, after being drafted. But let me just see if Kevin Hayes was drafted out of college. Because my encyclopedic knowledge of Kevin Hayes uh, is letting me down here, unfortunately. When was he drafted? Yeah, same, same difference to Kevin Hayes, which is fucking annoying. Let's assume that you have to do full four years after being drafted. Because that makes sense, because you have to do two in the OHL to re-enter, I think, or any other major junior. Yes. So yes, a full four right. years after being drafted makes sense for... for which I still think is a mad, utterly mad thing. That It's a great it's a great rule, fantastic rule for players. I can't believe that more players don't go the college route, high, high um, highly touted prospects... To kind of specifically exploit it and be like, bam, I'm going to be a free agent at at 22 or 21, whatever it might be. I'm going to be UFA. I can go wherever the fuck I want. Or do what you say, like do the Adam Fox thing. Well, I'm not going to come and play for you. I'll just stay at college if you don't like it. Tough. Trade me then. I I think (laughs) the problem with the Adam Fox thing is, as mad as it is to think now, coming off a Norris winning season, the youngest player to do is Bobby Orr. Adam Fox didn't have enough cachet as a prospect to stop him being traded. Whereas, say, look, look back to the, to the last time a, a, prospect, a top prospect held out saying they weren't going to play for the team that drafted them in Eric Lindros. You look at the package it cost for Eric Lindros, which is, you know, <laughs> adjusted for inflation, the sort of package you'd need to provide for a Conor McDavid, a Jack Eichel, a looking to the future of Shane Wright or Conor, Conor Bedard. Like, I don't think if Conor McDavid had said, okay, I'm going to college uh, and I will stay here until you trade me or I'm going free agent, I don't think that the Oilers would have traded him necessarily. because It's, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because obviously something's better than nothing. But equally, where what team is going to give up 55 first-round picks 28 <laughs> all-stars. Do you, you know what I mean? Like that, A package for trading for Conor McDavid feels far less realistic than a package for Adam Fox was. Because it only cost the Rangers like a third-round pick at the end of the day. Yeah, but like you said, if, if, the, if the deal is he's going to stay in college or you know he's just going to do his four years and you get nothing for Owen Power, mm. well, I've got to get something. All right, and it, it's not going to... It's, like, he's unproven. He's totally unproven. He was yeah. the consensus first overall. I understand, but there is always that thing of, well, and it's like if he's going to the Sabers and look what's happened to Darlene, and you're thinking, God, are they, are they going to be selling him for pennies on the dollar at the end because he's just not worked out, and that place is such a fucking shit show? You'd think, well, okay, if he does want to hold out, we'd have to get something for him, and maybe he would get a first back and something else. Like you say, it's not going to be a Lindros deal. It never would be. And the Lindros deal is what basically got the Avalanche those cups. The way it all worked out after that, and the and the pieces they got, which is crazy to think about. But if Owen Powell yeah, was I, to do that, you'd you'd have to get something for him. Oh if, yeah, if, if, if Owen Walk. Owen Power is far closer to Adam Fox was when he was traded to the Rain, well to the Hurricanes then the Rangers, than than Eric Lindros. So yeah, like the. the and even if it was like a really high, highly touted prospect that I don't think would necessarily B 
be able to be traded because teams are being unwilling to get the package, they should absolutely still do it. Because worst case scenario, you just have to wait a few years in college, and you know best case scenario, you get fucking traded. Like, and then and then do exactly what Adam Fox did. Adam Fox said, "I'm not signing for Calgary," and then he got traded to Carolina Hurricanes. And said, I'm not going to sign for you either, bruv. So it's, you just keep doing it to somewhere you want to fucking play. <laughs> where's, Owen, where's Owen Power from? I don't know where he's from. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan. Michigan. Mississauga, Canada. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Guy oh. with glasses, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> good luck playing hockey with good luck playing hockey with those on four eyes. <laughs> I, want, I want to see him. I want to see him pave the way for all glasses wearing hockey players and go full cage with a pair of specs underneath in the fucking. Oh, I'd love it. You know what he does then, don't you? When he scores a goal, he takes them off and he's got his Superman shirt underneath. There you go. That's his celebration. <laughs> there, there you go. He does look a bit like Clark Kent, to be fair. He does. He does, doesn't he? In that picture, he does look a bit Clark Kentish. I love how it's his first picture on Google as well. Like, here you go. <laughs> Number one overall pick is like, are you, are you sure? Is he not? Is he not like, you know, studying programming at fucking MIT or something? There you go. Owen Power. I am not playing anywhere except in Toronto. He's a good Ontario Ooh. boy. There you go. Unless you trade me there, that's it. That's a good team to go to as well because they need good young defenseman like oh, that's right fucking oh mate I don't and, but it's, it's hockey it's hockey and they're all fucking idiots and all fucking losers so they're not going to do it but people should have been doing this for donkeys years every single hockey the OHL should have gone bust years ago because all the good players should be playing in fucking college yeah oh it's mate a, it's a crazy loophole it is a crazy crazy loophole to get around something that and, we and I, so we just expect it all the time, don't we? Like a player gets drafted, well, he plays there now. No, he doesn't. <laughs> maybe he doesn't. <laughs> but we just—that's it. Oh, he's in their system now. He's gonna play there. Well, maybe he won't. And then I think sometimes as well, there's not enough made of it when it happens. Like you say, the Adam Fox thing. You're gonna play here? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, then you're gonna play here? No, I'm not. Okay, then you're gonna play here? Okay, yes, I am. Oh, okay, thank God. Okay, we got there in the end. And it's just kind of like, yeah, Adam Fox just, you know, said he wasn't going to play there or there and decided to go there. And it's not, I don't know, it's not really a massive thing when it should be. And especially now that that guy's won the fucking Norris. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, it's, and, and yeah, chances are he probably wouldn't have if he was in Cal- Calgary. Probably not even if he was in Carolina as well. Yeah, maybe not. I, I get the idea of... Um, Oh well, you know, if you have to spend four years in college after being drafted, that's four years of earnings that you're going to miss out on. Okay, I, I appreciate that, but ultimately, that's three years of your ELC, and then you only have to sign a two-year ELC after you after you come out with performance bonuses up the wazoo. Which, in theory, if you're a good enough prospect and you're coming in at 22 rather than 18 you're going to hit those bonuses and make the fucking money anyway. So then there's only one year. And especially if you're not like a Conor McDavid type, chances are that second contract you're signing isn't going to be... You're not missing out on 10 mil a season, are you? And and no, again, you can, you can make the argument that four years of 
developing without having to endure the grind of an 82-game NHL schedule is going to benefit you at the end of your career anyway. So in theory, you're going to make that money back. Or at least, if you're any good, you're going to have enough of a career that missing out on a couple of mil ain't going to, ain't going to matter to you. Especially if you combine it with picking the right team, improving your chances of individual success and team success. And then you've only got to look at you know, your Blake Coleman's, your, your fucking Barkley Goudreau's and say, look, I just need a little bit of team success and I can fucking bump my wages up like nobody's business. Yep. I mean, maybe maybe Adam Fox has done it and it's actually... I know like Jimmy Vesey was kind of a... Well, didn't really work out in the end, but Adam Fox was a young guy who's done it and got there. I guess like you say, Kevin Hayes as well. It's kind of a little bit different, but Adam Fox has kind of set a blueprint here that players can look at and go, ah, maybe I can do this. The thing for Owen Power is going to be next summer. If he gets to next summer and he goes, yeah, probably just going to go back to college again, then that, then... <laughs> then the Sabres bums are going to be fucking making buttons in the seat. I'll tell you, because it's going to be fucking clench time if he says that next year. Oh, I thought, and and he, he should. All jokes yeah, aside, he should. Like, even he should. without that bias of wanting the, the insanity of all these college RFA, uh, UFAs every year. Fucking hell, man. Like, look at the state of this franchise. You ain't going to help. Look at, like you said, look at Rasmus Darlene. First overall pick, left shot defenseman. Look what he's doing now. Look what he's probably going to sign for in this summer. Look what's happening to his career because he's gone to the Buffalo Sabres. Don't don't be an idiot. Now, speaking of uh, players making money, any contracts over the past couple of weeks that have been signed that uh, that caught you off guard or sort of made you raise your eyebrows? I did like the, I think, Andrei Shvechnikov, eight years at 7.7, is an absolute fucking great, steal. Great contract. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, the, the only one that really... I mean, Ilya Sorokin at four mil for three years, I don't like all that much for Thatcher Demko reasons, really. But I think, yeah, he's, he's had one year and 22 games, like... Fair enough, take the risk, but now the Islanders have nine mil tied up in two goalies, which I don't necessarily like. Uh, Kyle Palmieri is fine for, for what it is. Like, I wouldn't want him at four years at five when he's already 30, but it could have gone, at least it ain't seven. Uh, oh, there's there's the the, the obligatory, uh, you, are, you are 22 and an NHL <laughs> player, therefore Casey Mittelstadt, Henry Yokiaro, take you two and a half million for three years. Like, fuck me. Fuck me. Katie Mittelstadt. Dylan, wait, Dylan Dubé. Oh, Dylan, D- Dylan Dubé. What did Dylan Dubé get? Did he get the same fucking thing? 2.3 2. 2. 3 for three. It's like, take the name out. Take the draft position out. He's an offensive player, Katie Mittelstadt. And he's done, okay, five and six. Excellent. Great start. Great start to your, to your career. 25 and 77 and 22 and 41. Okay. He's, oh, sorry. And nine and 31 in between those. He's trending in the right way. And yeah, you kind of want to, you want to try and lock him up a little bit, but he don't deserve two and a half million. For th- he would deserve two and a half million if you were signing him for like four years. Even then, that's a fucking ridiculous risk to take on a player who, already is probably going to be a bust anyway like it's just it's just such a you see it time and time again it's 
you have some name recognition and you are under 25, therefore you have to get in the mid-twos. No. No, he fucking doesn't. He's a restricted free agent. Offer him one and a half for two years and he can either take it or he can fuck off. Like... Because is he was he arm eligible? I don't know. I don't fucking care. They've signed him now. It doesn't matter. Dumb, 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 dumb. And that's how you end up doing even dumber shit. Because then you get a more veteran player coming in on the free agency. Say, so, well, I've got all of this track record of being better than Casey Middlestat. <laughs> My name's Matt Martin. Give me three million dollars a year, please. Like <laughs> you just you set a rod for your own back. Um, Joel Faraby kind of on the same <sighs> Joel Faraby is a more reasonable risk to take I'd say he's had a much better season this year than Middlestat has ever had and even last year he was still pretty good um, yeah I don't I don't hate that as much um, Drake Batherson is a player I've never heard of um <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a five million dollar player. Like again, okay, he's had an all right season for the Senators this year. We're just gonna slap fucking four point nine million in his hand for six years and be like, all right, cheers, Drake. Let's um, pleasure to do business with you. It's like fucking madness. I'm all for paying and locking up your top top tier, unequivalent, gonna be a really good young player young players but when you've got fucking dime a dozen prospects like Drake Drake Batherson Katie Middlestadt you're making this sort of money it's like you alright or oh, I've got to get to the cap floor but fucking hell like <laughs> bring in there's a way to do it yeah exactly bring in Thomas Vanek for 10 million dollars like for one year it's yeah I, I I think yeah that Batherson one is the one that really blew my brain it's like what two others what are we doing two others that I uh, two others that I did like I like Sean Couturier at 7.7 um, 8 years but I, I, that's fine for me I think he's a uh, I think he's worth that risk I, again it's like if I'm that GM I'm thinking well yeah years 6, 7 and 8 are not going to be my problem anyway so yeah. who cares yeah that that's definitely resigning ourselves to Okay, that's just how it is, and like, fine, whatever you've. It's it, it's it's the sort of thing like, okay, I've signed him. That's all that matters. That's all that matters yeah. to me. I've signed him, and our team is under the cap. Okay, because because for the Flyers, if they don't sort it out in the next couple of years, it's over for everyone. So who who fucking cares? The the one pushback I'd have on that sort of thinking is like, you don't actually leave yourself with much flexibility for even trying to get out of the situation. It's like. Like you're you're a foot into quicksand. You got quicksand halfway up your shin, and just throwing your arms up like, ah, well, this is it. This is how I die. No point fighting it. <laughs> and then, um, and then a uh, Colton Pareko, eight years at six and Ooh, a half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's God, which that's how, long, how far back we got to go? Fucking hell. Yeah, only September first. It was last well, last week. Well, there's a lot. A lot's happened on cat friendly, mate. Lots happened on cat friendly. That's true. That's true. I, uh, that's one of those. Um, I don't know. Colin Pareko just strikes me as one of those. Hang on a minute. The Blue Jackets are paying this guy how much, and he's making this much. Absolutely. Strange. Absolutely. 
I, th- I think Strange. if, if Colt Breaker was like, Colt Breaker's a lot older than I fucking thought he was. If he was 24, he'd be a $9 million player today. But you hats hats off to Doug Armstrong. Like he's that's a good contract for me. Yeah, I don't know if he would though. Sign. I don't know if he would though playing for the Blues because yeah, that was good, with Petrangelo. Good like Petrangelo, they couldn't sign Petrangelo because he wanted a couple of extra things that you would think a Stanley Cup winning captain would maybe get, and they went, "Nah, sorry, mate, you got no shot." Okay then, I guess I'll Shut move to Las Vegas then. Yeah, yeah, I, I, tough cities. That's a, that's a good point. Like it's it's longer than I'd ideally want to sign a. 29-year-old D-man four, but fucking hell, when you got Justin Falk on your team for that long, why not? <laughs> um, we can add Henrik Lundqvist to the list of greats who never won a cup. The sad, It's the sad list. It's the sad list. What a coward. And, ah, oh, yeah. I don't know. Just That's one of those ones that's really going to stick in my craw that he never got to win a cup. Some players I don't care about. Oh, yeah, you never won a cup. All right, people say you're really good, but I don't know. How much of a good person are you really or anything like that? I don't really know, but Hank's just the man, isn't he? He's just the man, and he never got to do it, and it's sad. He, he didn't even get his, like, challenge for the cup sort of thing. Obviously, they had their, their go against the Kings in 2014, but he didn't get his, okay, I'm signing, you know, his time with the Capitals. He didn't get that time with the Capitals or anyone else that he might have tried with this season or whatever, like... Yeah, the fact that we didn't even get to see him go on his Drew McGinley type run of just trying his best to get a cup is a is a grand shame. It's a it's a crime that Henrik Lundqvist has only appeared in one Stanley Cup final throughout his entire career. Thankfully, though, we do have lots of pictures of him that we can look at and swoon over. So there is that. That's that it's is something. good, and I'm I'm sure he will still be around in the public eye because he can't be that good looking and live in New York and and not be. Oh God, aren't you? Aren't you? If you're NBC or TNT, just chucking money at this guy, come and be a panelist, please. Mm. Definitely, probably not NBC because I don't know what he would uh, know about whatever their lacrosse. Uh, but yeah, ESPN, fucking TNT. <laughs> the NBC. Oh, I Jesus. think you did say NBC, which is yeah. You've only got fifteen years of of, of that knowledge ingrained in you. I'm sure you'll. you'll I've got yeah. Eventually. I've got a Stockholm syndrome with NBC. <laughs> oh, interestingly, because he's from Sweden, so that's fine. I've got Stockholm syndrome with NBC. That's what's happened. Yeah, ESPN, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's got to be it, isn't it? Even even if you just get him in to do fucking dumb shit, like I don't know. Even even if you just pay him to be in like an advert. That you, you know, <laughs> cut in and out. I'm not even joking. Like, just get him involved in some way. Yeah. You have to for his face. You just have to for his face. <laughs> He's too good looking to not have involved in some way. He's too good looking to not do something with. It's not possible. And he's one How of can the that very man few not be... yes. recognisable NHL players. Yeah, exactly. Which is fucking exactly. madly impressive considering he's a goalie of all things. Yeah, from Sweden. He's not even American or Canadian. He's a goalie from Sweden and everyone in hockey's like, oh, I know who that guy is. Because he's beautiful. <laughs> That's why. Oh, God. Uh, the Olympics apparently is a go. I am surprised by this, but it's also under the caveat that the Olympics will happen and go ahead with NHL players if it's, I think what's the wording, it's like if it's feasible or if it doesn't interfere with something or... But it's going to be a uh, after the All-Star game, Fly over, two weeks, fly back, done. 
no hanging around, no messing about. I'm still not convinced this is going to happen because I think the stories coming out of Tokyo were that it was kind of very regimented and locked down. And now you go into a country that's basically run by the government and the kind of state army. And I can't imagine why any NHL players would be like, yes, I'd love to go and play in China right now. And I guess it'd be different because it's, I don't know, maybe that, you know, they want it for good publicity or something. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm still not convinced it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it does go ahead, to be honest. But you, you just don't know, do you? Like, it's, it's such a, the fucking Tokyo Olympics went ahead. So, like, why? And it is That's still true. the Olympics. Like, I, I would be surprised that uh, to hear the NHL players be the ones to pull out. Well, it was you them know, that I pushed got... for it, wasn't it? They That's were the like, thing. Yeah, you know, they were talking it's... to the NHLPA saying, just fucking get this sorted out. We want to go. That's the thing. I think if they're, if they're allowed to go, they're going to go. It's whether, whether the NHL is then going to step in and, and try and block it through, through COVID fears or whatever. But the. <laughs> The thing about this this story and like the agreement between the IOC and the NHL that made me giggle a bit was uh, the the IIHF are going to provide a five million dollar fund for any loss of salary, <laughs> which I think <laughs> due to COVID nineteen is like okay, NHL players are modestly paid compared to say their NBA counterparts or their football counterparts who might be in the Olympics and stuff like that. Before. <laughs> Five mil between what, 150, 200 players for any salary lost due to COVID 19. So, you know, what, what if what if McDavid gets a really bad bout of COVID and, you know, complications, etc., etc., ends up missing a fucking the rest of the season because of complications due to COVID 19? That, that's that five mil ain't going to stretch very far to me. No. Sorry, Connor, you've now got a quarantine in this hotel room in Shanghai for 14 days. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then you've got a quarantine again when you get home. Like, oh, excellent. Yeah. You've really, missed a month yeah, of the season. Here's, um, here's your 30 grand, which is the share of the uh, the five mil. Do you know what I was thinking about, right? If you're... Uh, and again, this may go to my uh, my dark way of thinking. Say you're locked in a battle with a team in the NHL, right? And you go to the Olympics, and you're now playing on opposite teams for country as well as your clubs. If you run run somebody through and injure them for the season, let's pick a random name out of nowhere, Tom Wilson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're Tom Wilson and you're playing for America, and you run somebody through, does the NHL have any power then to do something about it? If it's clearly like I'm, I'm talking about like a clearly blatant. I'm trying to think of. Let me think of a player. Who am I? Who can I think of? Artemi Panarin. Panarin. I'm just just a random name because of the whole thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, no relation. No relation. No relation. There's no relation to this at all. Just say yeah. You know, America's playing Russia, and Tom Wilson actually he destroys Panarin like a like Zach, like he did like you know a Zach Aston Reese type thing like elbow to the jaw, elbows up, blatantly on purpose. Does the NHL have any cause to then say, well, you now can't play in the NHL? Or do they have no power because it's all under a different umbrella? I think because they're contracted, they're like employees to, for the NHL. Oh, yes, yes, actually, yeah, of they'll course they're contracted have, to the league, aren't same, they? Same, same difference as if um, 
you know, you did it in a nightclub. <laughs> Yeah, did I go? I was going to set a fucking orphanage on fire. Like I feel like the NHL would have <laughs> some, some, some recourse to be like, let Tom, let mate. <laughs> we don't mind the uh, you know targeted and deliberate hits to the head, you know deliberately injuring opponents and you know performing your fucking WWE moves on the ice. We don't mind any of that. But yeah, that that time that you. Uh... <laughs> assaulted a street performer and covered him in gasoline and set him on fire was a little bit too far yeah you're right might be worth the risk though <laughs> imagine imagine if it wasn't covered and like Tom Wilson's suiting up for whoever in the fucking I don't think I think he's Canadian so I don't think actually Tom yeah Wilson's he's Canadian going, isn't he yeah he's Canadian he's not, yeah, he's not Canadian. going to the fucking he's not going to the Olympics but imagine if he did and he he knew that he had a free ride to Merkelize people that I mean, if you <laughs> because I'm a massive hypocrite, and ultimately in my heart of hearts a verified piece of shit, Dan. If you told me tune in for the Olympics because Tom Wilson's got a free pass to do whatever the fuck he wants, <laughs> I'm I'm there, mate. I'm fucking rain or shine, dude. That is appointment viewing. Yeah, I'm fucking, it's appointment mate. viewing. <laughs> That's what the UFC need. The UFC need to get a fucking Tom Wilson division. It's a nothing game as well. Like Canada's already qualified at the end of the group. Who uh, who's Canada got tonight? Namibia. I'm fucking tuning in for Namibia. that, my boy. You wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's proper, proper like 1950s swinging sticks above the head like the fucking uh, the the Rashad riot and shit. Like that. It's yeah, fucking... <laughs> free reign. Oh fucking Jesus hell. Christ! But yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I think it'll probably happen. I think the players will definitely go, is what I'm going to say. And until, obviously, you know, we're 10 minutes into the first period of Canada-Sweden or whatever, and then some uh, some Chinese officials and police walk out onto the ice and start trying to arrest uh, Elias Pettersson for not doing oh, his quarantine. Okay. Okay, okay, we've got to quickly talk about that. And yeah, every day's a school day. I never knew Tom Wilson was Canadian. I Calvite never. Kn- I can't believe I didn't know that. That's crazy. I've just yeah. never thought. To, I just always assumed he's from Toronto. I didn't even know that. Fucking hell, no way. Was it was it his uh, constant, uh, unrelenting persecution of foreigners that made you think he was American? Do you know what it? Do you know what it maybe is? Is that? He doesn't shy away like a good Canadian boy, does he? He doesn't like try and hide away from the spotlight or be like, "Ah, oh, well, G-A-O, I don't know." No, he just he's out front and centre trucking fools. So yeah, that's why. Holy shit, he's Canadian. Oh, how about that? Anyway, yeah, you, uh, yeah, fucking hell, you just made. <laughs> so, Argentina were playing Brazil in a World Cup qualifying game. Seven minutes into the match, people start running onto the pitch to reprimand Argentinian players and, and escort them off. Like health officials just running onto the pitch trying to grab these Argentinian players because they haven't gone through the proper protocols. I, just I fucking nuts. How it was, it was like mid game as well. I didn't even wait for the ball to go out of play. They're just like, we're fucking, we're coming for you, bruv. We're, we're coming for you. <laughs> for, for you, every, every boy, dear. <laughs> oh my God. I've, I haven't even seen a video yet. I, I'm, I'm getting it up right now because I've gotta see i've gotta see it with my own eyes because it is insane i like as far as yeah you get mental stuff in football like um ah oh, what was it was it uh the marseille nice game the other week where there was a pitch invasion 
after oh yeah fans trying to after, fight yeah fans trying to fight the players yeah that that was mad in its own right but even then you know pitch invasions have been around for years you know when there's a bust up yeah between players all right that's that's one thing fair enough whatever but yeah fucking hell government officials <laughs> pitch invading to try to arrest professional football players during a match oh my god it should, it should have been... I can't believe I didn't do that with uh, Adrian Mutu back in the day. That wouldn't have been pitched... That wouldn't have been um, officials. That would have been just like guys you owed like loan sharks or something or the fucking heavy mob who he owed money to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been even better. Fucking... You get, you, get them, you get them coming in from two sides. You get the police on one side, get the fucking gangsters on the other side. Oh. I think I'm going to save that for... Um, when they reboot the goal franchise, our uh, our young Santiago can get embroiled in in a dual immigration and uh, cocaine uh, issue. I I feel Dan. I personally have gone too far down the rabbit hole here. We I've painted myself into a reference corner that potentially only three people care about. Referencing the goal franchise might be the most (laughs) fucking unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is a reference and a half and a bit more and some more again on top of that. Jesus Christ, the fucking goal franchise. Oh my God. Oh, for our our North American um, uh, listeners, you would know it's goal, the dream begins. Yes, because I'm sure they all... (laughs) I'm sure they all watched it and had, like know all about it, don't they? Well, they, they do now that they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so... yeah, I suppose. <laughs> oh um, my god! Yeah, well, then there uh, we were going to talk about the uh, the Danbury Trashers documentary, but that can wait till next week. We've gone a bit over, so uh... I still haven't watched it yet as well. So I, I'll, oh, well, there I'll, you go. I'll watch then. that. I'll watch that there in the go. week coming. We've got a week to watch it, folks. It's just if you've not seen it, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix worldwide as well because I've watched it and I've been spoken to some people in America and they've watched it at the same time. So it's the uh, it's on Netflix. It's the uh, oh, what's it? Is it called? It's called Untold: Crime and Penalties, and it's about basically a. Uh, I'll be careful what I say just in case. Uh, an alleged gangster. Alleged. Christ, I'm being careful. Who, to be fair, seems like a great guy. Um, uh, he buys buys a hockey team for his 17 year old son and his 17 year old son becomes president and GM immediately so yeah I think it's very much up our wheelhouses that sounds incredible and it's uh, so if it's untold that's in the series that started with the Malice at the Palace documentary which is yes fantastic also Absolutely excellent fantastic. that was an excellent show yeah yeah a, a, a great yeah again very quickly a great if you don't know the incident, it's fantastic anyway. If you do know the incident, there is so much in there that was not made public, and I personally had no idea about going into it. You know, you, Dude, you go in... I'm fucking wait. I'm willing to bet there's people listening to this have heard of Malice of the Palace more than the fucking goal franchise, and you're going now Malice at the Palace. If you've not heard of it, dude. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to cover cover both because yeah, the 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 UK side undoubtedly have heard of the goal franchise being the greatest uh, footballing film of the last twenty years. Um, 
But they might not have heard of Mouse at the Palace. They probably haven't heard of Ron Artest. Yeah, maybe. Or Meta World Peace. Uh, no, he's not Meta World Peace anymore, is he? He's Meta something Artest, oh, really? I think. I think because he took his oh. wife's name or something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, now. Uh, Meta, <laughs> Meta San, Sandiford Artest. There you go. Okay, there we go. Glad I must we... address the man by his proper name. Yeah, we... Glad we... Well, you you know what's going to happen if you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come over the chairs at me. And well, Yeah, <laughs> especially if you don't use this proper name and commit a hate crime against him. That's probably going to get you uh, get you banged out. <laughs> well, get me sent to the Olympics where I can start doing whatever I want, apparently. We're off the rails. Jesus. Against the Namibians, yeah. Right, okay, let's get out of here. Will, any last words? I actually do have uh, a prepared statement regarding um, regarding The Longest Yard starring Adam Sandler. Uh, <laughs> For fuck's sake. No, of course I'm, you do. I'm, of course I'm, you do. Great film, though. Great film. I, I am done. I'm, I'm very much done. <laughs> there we go. Take care, everyone. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>